And we're back. Yes, once again, back is the end. <clears throat> you just don't want to say and we're black? No. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 it's not that I don't want to say it. Yeah. I was uh, trying to be innovative. So I've decided, I think we should start mm-hmm. ranking our films as per the Dear White People app of Woke or Not Woke. Um, we'll have to come up with criteria that's slightly more forgiving than the Bechdel test because... You mean just films in general? Yeah, like anything that we see, overall ranking as well of woke or not woke. No, that's fair. Yeah, so obviously anything directed by Ava DuVernay would be woke. Or a um, Ryan Coogler. Right, Yeah. yeah. So I think while the Bechdel test can try to have two women talking to each other about something that's not a man. I think that would be too much to hope for to have in most films to people of any kind of color talking to each other in a non-accented uh, or stereotypical way and or painted a color. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah, so Guardians. <laughs> like, yeah, something that's, um, you know, obscuring their... Although, other come, nice. come to think of it, except for Zoe Saldana, there's no... Are there any... I don't think there's any black people in Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, Vin Diesel is understandably vague about his origin since he yeah. never knew his birth father, so... Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, once again, this is not an on-screen character, and I would yeah. say that Vin Diesel shies away from his multi-ethnic background. Yes. He likes to pretend that he's Italian. Maybe he is. He well, he might be partly Italian, but that's not all that there is. Um, and, you know, just like uh, Mariah Carey. Right. It's, it's there, but it's not acknowledged. So, it, 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 she she got there. So I don't... Yeah, I mean, it took a long time. And, I mean, it's still not... Uh, I, I still don't know exactly what Mariah Carey is. is uh, I don't know what she is putting off. I feel like when she was younger, she was almost advised the way a oh. young gay actor might be advised. Oh, to yeah, like, she was. Like, Tom, to not come out as black. Yeah, yeah. like like very sp- specifically, uh, uh, Tommy Mottola, uh, who was her Svengali husband. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think, it was, I'm not sure if it was Sony, but I think it was Sony, whoever her label was, very specifically told her to hide her ethnic origins to make her more relatable, yes. to give her a broader appeal. But that's so that they didn't want to put her in an urban box. Yes. And that's exactly why. Yeah. Um, but now she's, once again, I don't know what Mariah Carey is. Like, I don't know what she's on about half the time. Yeah, but she's just like a rich lady now. I yeah, feel I mean, like she's doing her. She's, re- she's reached that level of wealth and success where she's officially eccentric now and not crazy so yeah yeah like she's not but she's not like courting any particular community she's just a voice and cleavage and sunglasses right now exactly in high high heels with somebody behind her to catch her when she basically stumbles yeah she does have like people who walk in front of her and behind her to catch her so guardians yep which we both saw separately yes I was not in a good emotional place when I saw it, so I feel like it's funnier than I thought it was. So you tell me if you thought it was funny. I thought it was very funny. I liked it more than the first movie by a lot. Um, it's one of the few movies I've seen recently, or even television, that just brought me pure joy and happiness. I was delighted from the time that the movie started until the very end of the end of the end of the end of the end, of the end credits. I really, yeah, it just, it made me excited for for summer. Not excited about the movies of summer because we have a whole bunch of shitty sequels coming out, but it made me excited for the joy that can come with warm weather and just like hanging out. Like it just made me feel feel good. Um, yeah, I, um, I loved um, the way that they brought 
some characters to the fore, like uh, Dave Bautista. Oh, yeah. Is, I'm sorry, like, you know, <laughs> everyone loves The Rock. The Rock is great. But The Rock is, like, he is such a ubiquitous screen presence. Um, and, he, and you can see him working. Like, you know, like, you see The Rock's work. You know how hard he's trying to be likable and relatable. But Dave Bautista, just, like, I just, I actually enjoy him more than The Rock. He's so funny as Drax. Um, and, he, and he's sweet, but he's like, his, his, like, just ridiculous over the top guffaw. Yes. Uh, a, you know, he's, and he's deadpan when things are funny, but he's like, he laughs so uproariously about serious things that he actually, I just, I love, I wish I knew him in real life because he could come in and diffuse any situation. Yes. That's, it is a good laugh. It's, right. it's, it's, and I don't see, you know, he's, he's painted whatever color he is with his little dots in his pants, but he just looks, he's so gentle. He just seems like so, like such a nice, lovable glug. I mean, obviously, out of the two movies this summer that involved uh, family, a ragtag family of former criminals yep. had a has a former wrestler Still in it. Yep, has Vin Diesel in it. Yep, <laughs> has a Latina kicking ass in it. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, this was obviously the one I preferred. Yes. So, and here the wooden acting is because somebody's a train. <laughs> oh, but actually, the baby group voice was apparently him. Yeah, no, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't modified. Yeah. Oh, oh, they didn't. Yeah, oh, he, he does voices. Okay, that's pretty cute. Well, he's a big, uh, he's a big gaming nerd too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's uh, that's adorable. Oh, yeah, Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah. You should uh, Google some stuff from them talking to him about doing voices and doing the baby group voice. See, I would like to. So I'm kind of excited to see what like. Surly teenage Groot's going to sound like. Uh, I would like him and... Uh, well, we saw some of that. A little bit. Uh, but, but yeah, I would like to see him and... I mean, there probably is a video of him and, and Bradley Cooper in the booth recording their, their vocals. Because they are such um, fully realized characters, even though they are like CGI creations. Um, the voice work and the, uh, and the effects work is... Like, you just... You don't think that they're not there. Like, because now when I'm thinking about it, there's a... You know, the scene with Michael Rooker... Um, when he and Rocket are in prison, he's like he's not acting against anything because it's Groot and it's Rocket, and and it's just now that I'm sort of realizing that Michael Rogers in that scene by himself, yeah. but it's like three characters interacting in a really great organic, funny way. Yeah. So like you know, hats off to James Gunn. Yeah, well done, good directing, great acting, uh, the visuals of it again, much more of the. The Doctor Strange kind of color palette. Yeah. Like, let's take the whole rainbow. Yeah, like when they're on uh, the Planet Ego, it's just, it's really is just a confection for the eyes. Absolutely. So, overall, yay, Marvel. You're doing it again. Yeah, you guys, uh, I mean, um, I mean, I, I mean, for me, I guess probably the weakest entry has been Doctor Strange, um, but um, I. I mean, these guys are on a tear. Yeah, and that Thor Ragnarok trailer, which I saw again before, made me excited. It's, question mark about a Thor movie? It's it looks delightful. I mean, the line like we like I know him from work is like it's funny, and they're letting Thor be funny again. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, Kate Blanchett, my God, whatever she is selling, I am buying. Like she just looks like I can't wait to see what she's going to do. Yeah, like she's just she looks awesome. Uh, yeah, so I I am. Um, I am very excited for, for the Ragnarok. And plus, I've talked about this before, but it's Saika Watiti, and I love him. I love, um, uh, so what goes on the shadow? What, goes what on we the, do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. Uh, um, Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, 
I he's really I love his comic sensibility. So I know that Thor is going to be, you know, what it should be, what the first one was, which was like this lighthearted um, romp. And when they let Chris uh, Hemsworth be funny, he's funny. I mean, he proved in in uh, uh, Ghostbusters that he's actually a very he's very winning comedic personality. Absolutely. Even though he's muscle bound, or maybe because he is muscle bound. Oh yeah. Well, he can apparently do it all. Apparently, yeah. He also has a lovely singing voice, allegedly. I can see him do a little soft shoe too. He's a big man, but he looks like he's very light on his feet. He seems very graceful. Yes. For his for his uh, for his size. I mean, and you know, this summer we have Chris Pine in uh, in uh, Wonder Woman. We have uh, we've our uh, Chris Pratt in Guardians, and we have um, Hemsworth in Thor. So it really is. Isn't Chris Evans in a movie with a little girl who's a genius or something? Yeah, but that's... I, mean, I didn't see it. But I'm just talking about, like... Yeah, the like, big ones. Like, the big ones. But, yeah, it's going to be, um, like, you know, which Chris will reign supreme. That's true. I feel like it's not a really true test of who is the ultimate Chris unless Chris Evans is in the mix, so... Yeah, I mean, I have... Uh, I mean, for me, it's I think it's uh, Pine and Heaven... And Heavens. <laughs> I've already revealed... Uh, <laughs> Pine and Evans are, are sort of, for me, always... Number one and number two. Hemsworth is third, and Pratt is number four. Yeah. Because um, Chris Pratt's personal politics are annoying to me. Yeah. We're, we're not going to talk about politics, especially this week. It's The world continues to be dumpster fire, but I feel like that's been the case for about five, six months now. So, you know, I mean, whatever. It's 130 days or whatever of uh, uh, whatever this is, is and whatever it's going to be. Uh, it, it has to be. I mean, we have to be reaching some sort of inflection point. Like there has to be a point where people are like, "We took so much, and then we stopped taking it." And yeah. maybe this is that point. And it may take you know as long to get out of it, or longer than we got into it. But we, surely to God, somebody's. Like, if not, then I really don't understand humanity. Um, so back to guardians. People don't stop. Uh, on a woke rating, which we're still coming up with the criteria. Uh, if we, I mean, all of the people of any kind of other background are painted a different color. Yeah. So. Well, Zoe Saldana is always painted another color. Yeah, and Dave Bautista is also painted. But I will say that most people, I mean, but so is Michael Rooker. So yeah. is Karen Gillan. Half the cast is painted. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, um, you know, or they're, or they're CGI. Uh, so, and I will almost give Guardians, um... I'd give them a, a pass, pass, except the white guy is not. He's the only person who gets to just look like himself. Uh, yeah, but he's, especially in this movie, I found Chris Pratt to be the least interesting, compelling character. He was, like, the least fun to have on screen. And at least Guardians is, um, if not necessarily by, uh, having actors of color appear in their native skin tone, um, it at least... Is creating a diverse world of characters. Yes. Um, although, I mean, they never address the race of these various guardians, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, you could say, I mean, is that just, you know, just sort of obscuring race? Um, I mean, it passes the hell out of the Bechdel test because of the... Of the sisters? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, um, uh, if I was a kid and I saw guardians, that it would make me um, think that people of different whatever's of different colors, like literally, um, that, family. That, that there's no barrier. So I think, you know, it's, it, as long as you're talking about people who have, you know, different skin tones banding together, I think there's a message in there. 
Yes. Even if it doesn't affect our, our real world. So yeah. I would, Different backgrounds. Yeah. I would say, so I would definitely say that it's, that it's a woke movie. All right. I had, I'll allow it. So yeah, yeah. we'll be back to talk about at least one other movie that I've seen uh, to decide if it is woke or not woke. Mm, but based I, on the <laughs> box office, somebody's definitely broke. And we're back. Yep. I was going to see Guardians a second time, but I wasn't sure I was ready for Giggles yet. So I decided to see something. The anti-Giggles movie? Where I, well, my expectations were lower. Because I still feel like, unfortunately, Guy Ritchie is still suffering the hangover of the talent succubus that was Madonna. Oh, no. I Where I, any uh, creative juice was his own leached out of his marrow yeah. during the course of that marriage. It has never fully regenerated. I blame him. He stuck with that British geezer nonsense for way too long. Like, I'm going to make movies with hard men, and no one's going to be able to understand the dialect, and we're going to stop in the middle of a scene... I'm the British Tarantino. I blame him for everything that he did. Oh, uh, so I saw King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Yep. Uh, so that movie was, I mean, I did not know this until um, just a couple of days ago, and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. This film was envisioned as the first of a six-part trilogy, which... Six-part trilogy? Sorry, not a six-part trilogy, a, a, a six-part... That's not how trilogies work. A six-part series, and I, which stunned me. I mean, that takes a lot of fucking balls to think that any movie is going to be part one of anything. Well, back to things not passing the Bechdel test, this movie surely had a lot of balls. Well, I, yeah, I mean, and there was, I mean, trouble production. So the actress who played, and I didn't see it, I'm not going to see it, and I don't care, so you don't even have to correct me, but the actress who played um, Guinevere? Was there a Guinevere in this movie? Mm, no. Okay, so so okay, so okay, who was she? Was she is a mage. Yeah, so that actress, she filmed her role as Guinevere, Ooh. and they recut the movie so much that her character was reimagined in the edit. Oh, well, maybe there was a Guinevere then that no, was, like, no. a daughter? No, like, this is what I heard. This huh. is how they didn't know what the hell they were doing. And this is the movie that comes when you literally don't know what you're doing. And how many... So we've had... I mean, the legend of King Arthur's been around forever, but, I mean, you had, you know, Camelot. You had, like, a Robert Goulet musical in the 1960s. You had countless adaptations on TV and on... And in film and in syndicated television, nobody cares about King Arthur, I'm afraid. So the fact that anyone thought that this IP was ripe for the taking, um, and I mean, obviously, they're looking at the success of A Game of Thrones and thinking, oh, medieval times, oh, sorcery, instant hit. And it completely backfired and um, the studio is going to lose a hell of a lot of money. It kind of takes any kind of, and not that there was any shine on Charlie Hunnam anyway, but we I mean, kind of like he's becoming Taylor Kitsch 2.0. Uh, a little bit, and I feel like we were just looking up the box office for Fifty Shades, which is probably a much harder film to watch, but still made <laughs> three times, <laughs> pun unintended for once, uh, made almost three times the money on its opening weekend. And we know that has nothing to do with the charms of Jamie Dornan, who is uh a damp squib of an actor who doesn't have 
Charlie Hunnam's, and I, you know, physicality, charm, yeah, and charisma. I don't, and I don't think Charlie Hunnam has any charm or charisma. So that's that's what I mean. Like Jamie Dornan is like I loved him in Undeclared. He's a nothing. Yeah, I really didn't, and I didn't really. I mean, I watched too much of uh, of um, Sons of Anarchy. He was okay, but he was a very one note character. But yeah, I mean, he looked great, especially from the back. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, there's a lot of back work in this oh, one. And if he was like doing like like pull ups on a bar, but you could see his tapered. Waist. There's some there's nice. some montage stuff. There's a lot of like his back as he gets out of bed slowly. You think they're doing? Uh, there's actually some super fast like shadow boxing punching up as he's alone in a room, glistening with sweat. Uh, it's uh, yeah. There's basically a montage of just him flexing. So I have two questions asked about the movie. Um, number one, how is it possible that Charlie Hunnam, an Englishman? has such a terrible English accent. He sounds like an American person doing a British accent. Yeah, even I was listening to him on a talk show and his accent's all over the it's place. awful. I feel like it's it was the whole biker gang, like, years with Sons of Anarchy. I think his accent got, like, irreparably... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did a... He did, affected. A, he yeah. did a pretty good American accent when he was on um, Sons of Anarchy. But just listening to the audio, um, like, audio clips from the movie... It is distractingly terrible. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's not Kevin Costner, Prince of Thieves, bad, but it's yeah, but it's it's up there. Like you, it's would, pretty sometimes. You you wouldn't think that he was an actual Brit. And number two is, um, how was David Beckham? His his is it know, a cameo. Or was it, it's it? a cameo. He was he was not terrible. I mean, the whole movie itself was it was very laddish, right? Like yeah, yeah, very yeah, yeah. Guy Ritchie, but without the. Guns. The good pacing, uh, the engaging story, or sort of that that pace. Right. There were moments in the movie where you could see they were trying to like get that kind of pace going. So there were actually a few good sequences uh, that involved uh, chases throughout like a, a more concentrated city center area. Right. That actually had reminded me of that kind of kinetic energy of your earlier Richie work, but it was almost. It added the disservice of the rest of the film because it just made the rest of the film seem yeah. that much more sort of plotting and overwrought in comparison to those few moments where like the movie really hit. So it, it wasn't even a total failure. But yeah, I just think the marketing was wrong. Yeah. I think they needed um, possibly at least one other female character who was basically her skills weren't based on sort of ranged weaponry, like not an enchantress mage type, but like somebody who actually what did she could fight. Her? No, she was just all, like, faraway magic. Oh, good lord. Yeah. So she just moved her arms in the air? Or, you know, just basically just... Or she concentrated hard. Concentrated, and she's something CG with her eyes later on. Yeah, so it was was a little disturbing. What was the movie about? Was it just... It's the origin story. It was very much just the origin. At which point did he get the sword out of the stone, then? Was it the last Uh, last, uh, act? No, you get this... He gets the sword... I'd say midway through the, there's sort of like a pre-act and then act one, because you get a little bit of backstory. Um, but yeah, he gets the sword fairly early, but he doesn't learn how to control it mm. until uh, act the end of act two. See, and here's the thing: this is, um, and once again, a problem with this IP. Like, we are also familiar with the legend of King Arthur, that we don't actually know what the legend of King Arthur is. I just imagine that every um, movie based on, I mean, there's Merlin and there's Morgana. Isn't there a Morgana? Like the, yeah. 
Um, so I always imagine that the mo- that every, and there's a Mordred that that everything ends with him getting the sword out of the stone, and I don't know what happens beyond that, and I don't really care. So it's and that's you know I know about the wizards, I know about the Round Table, and I know about the sword out of the stone in the middle of the lake, and that's kind of all I know, and that's and I don't want to know anymore. In the sort of prequel backstory stuff that didn't involve Charlie Hunnam at all, oh. it had Eric Bana yeah. and Jude Law. Yeah, that was actually good too. And I thought, okay, they're doing something interesting. We're getting like a different look at this. This is bringing some of the, you know, magical stuff versus uh, predestination, making a real case for divine right and hereditary ascension. But then it just, it was super uneven. It was just super uneven. And then also the fact that some of the other characters, including Aiden Gillen and Jaiman Hunsu, were supposed to have spanned the time from like, um, the backstory, the parents' time. Oh, and they didn't age, right? I mean, I'll allow with Diamond Hunsu because he really hasn't aged. Yeah. So they put some, like, salt in his beard. Yeah, which he actually has. And they probably couldn't even... I'm sure there was nobody there who could do effective makeup to make a black person look older. It looks like they could barely handle just keeping him not shiny. Uh, for Aiden Gillen, though, too, like, he... They made his clothes look a bit schlubbier, but he was on the run, so it wasn't like that he looked any older right. than he did allegedly I don't even know how old Charlie Hunnam's character is supposed to be because mm-hmm. it's not supposed to have been that long that's passed however yeah it's just it's a uh, oh and this is I'm going gonna, gonna to take a really hard right yeah. here and go right back to Guardians and the reason I say that is because when you were saying that I was like well they should have just de-aged him but let's talk about how great a young Kurt Russell looked in Guardians with all the, like, the ability to take the years off. I yeah. thought they, would, they did really well with, with uh, Robert Jenner Jr. In, uh, in the last Avengers movie. Yeah. I was just wondering but if, like, Goldie Hawn, like, takes the first well, she probably makes 50 minutes of that movie and just, like, I'll be in my bunk. Yeah. Like, I mean, and he looked, I mean, those dimples. Yeah. He was just adorable, and he looked. The, I mean, the hair was a bit much. It was a bit too fair but I feel like that was uh, just to double down on the like on the seventies of it all. Yeah. But God, it looked. I have no idea what they did. I don't know. If they took a young actor and mapped um, Kurt Russell's face to his. But it's getting or, better with every movie. Or it was motion capture of Kurt Russell himself. But it, I mean, if you didn't know, you would not know. Absolutely. And yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. It, it, you know, but I mean, you know, they could have done that to Charlie Hunnam and taken him back to his. Um, well, that's the thing; they could have just made Jaime Hunsu and Aiden Gillen look much younger yeah. in the early part, so then they wouldn't have had to do any extra a- aging, makeup yeah. or whatever yeah. for the rest of it. But instead, yeah, I, I just it wasn't terrible. Hmm. Charlie Hunnam is you're the only person I know who's saying that too. I mean, everyone. Saying that it was terrible. It, no, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. But again, you and I just saw the circle, which well, was, was which was a different kind of mad. But it was. Yeah. Yeah. There were no moments in there where my pulse was actually racing in the circle. Right. There were actually a couple of moments where there was some um, good excitement, but it, yeah, th- there was too much. They need at least one other. I'd say woman character to add some dimension because it was like super broy. Yeah, which is. Maybe not as noticeable back in the old days of Lock, Stock, and Snatch, but it's super noticeable now. Yeah, for sure. And especially, I mean, it's a, well, not that, you know, Snatch is not a work of fiction, but yeah, like you would think that if you wanted to update a classic and bring in a broader audience, that you would do just that, that you would 
um, make the story more inclusive. I mean, there's no reason why Merlin couldn't be, I mean, I have no idea. Was it Merlin in this movie? Well, she was sort of being the Merlin student kind of person, sort of. Right, like, I mean, so why can't you know, the, the, the wizard be South Asian? Like, there's nothing stopping you from making any of these choices, except you just don't even feel like you should. Yeah. Or, you know, the excuse of, well, you know, it's like, it's, it's olden times, but it's made up olden times, so you do whatever you want. Yeah, and most of the other women who have maybe one or two lines, of course they're horse. Oh, I thought you said Yeah, because he has this whole, like, brought up in brothels. Oh, right, right, right. uh, Backstory. It's, yeah, it's, uh... I think someone should remake Lady Hawk. That's all I'll say. Lady Hawk is one of my favorite movies of all times. But yeah, Charlie Hunnam, it looks like you've maybe got one more shot, if that. I feel like there's been a lot of missed opportunities in your career. He must have auditioned for Thor at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, well... Whether or not that's public, I'm sure he must have. He said no to the Fifty Shades, but... I still agree with. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that would have done his career any good, but apparently it wouldn't have done it any harm either. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got Pacific Rim 2, a movie that absolutely no one is waiting for. Yeah. Um, and well, I was when it was still Guillermo. Now, no, not as much. I didn't even I didn't like the first one. I loved it. Um, and, uh, I mean, he, he did get some goodwill for The Lost City of Zed, but... Um, you know, it's a small James Gray film that no one saw. So even though his performance is, you know, getting some attention, it's not going to reach any kind of critical mass. So I feel like he was trying to do the, like, I'll do one for them and one for me yeah. uh, by doing like this, you know, and obviously you're like, you're signing up to a six, to a six, six picture deal, uh, for this. Cause I think he thought that this was going to like set him up for, for the next 10 or 15 years of his career. Yeah. And it's not, he's going to have to go and hustle. Now to get some role that will give him that. Well, he's a he's a tall, handsome Caucasian man, so I mean, his having to go out and hustle is a little different. No, but I mean, I well, yes and no. He I might mean, not get to lead lead something right now, but but I mean, and as I've said many times, like if we have a you know a Jessica Chastain, we don't need a Bryce Dallas Howard. So Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, could go um, and be in uh, Black Mirror and do great work, but she has to. You know, and she's also in Jurassic World, but um, but she had to go and carve out a different kind of career. We have so many. I mean, Charlie Hunnam is like he's practically like call him Chris Hunnam. Like he's another CH actor who's blonde. Yeah, we and muscly. Yeah, so he can't do the things that all the other Chris's are doing. He's going to have to figure out something else, and I don't think his range is such that he's really gonna. Like I don't know what he's going to do. I just feel like we don't need him. Yeah, you know. So maybe. I don't know. Like, maybe some TV show? Go to TV. Yeah. Tangent. I've seen this trailer for Dunkirk a couple times now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the movie industry is trolling me now because it appears that Tom Hardy is some sort of pilot yeah, that is. spends a portion of the movie with this whole apparatus strapped over his beautiful mouth. Oh, again. 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 Oh, the mask that they talk into. Why? Why do you oh, cast Tom Hardy if you're going to put something over that beautiful map? Maybe it's only well. First of all, I don't think I don't think his role in the movie is that big. I get the feeling that the hopefully uh, he gets shot out of the sky and that yeah. thing flaps off at the last minute, so you can at least see him go down gasping. Yeah, like I think because is Eric Bana on this movie too? Like this is another movie where it's just filled with a whole bunch of um, well-known actors who will probably have what amount to glorified cameos and the unknown kid at the center of the movie will be he'll be the star of the movie but they're not marketing that way because no one knows who he is right that's kind of my feeling uh, all i know is once again there's another movie with tom hardy 
With his mouth covered. Well. And I feel like this is now on purpose. But yeah, anyway, I, I, uh, the movie looks like a mixture of Saving Private Ryan and that beautiful long tracking shot in, in Atonement. Um, oh, yeah. Which is, I mean, Joe Wright. There's such, I mean, there was an incredible shot. So uh, the movie's giving me those kind of feels. Yeah. But I don't know if I'll want to see it at all. I will. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to make me, well, I mean, I cried at the trailer. Um, so I know it's going to bring me down, but that's okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, was Killian Murphy in it? Was he? Uh, yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah. He was scooped out of the water yeah. at some point. And then they were. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's having a comeback. And there was somebody else who got scooped out of the water and they were taking, he wanted to to head back to England, and I want to say it was, um, I'm going to be completely wrong, it's like a Jeffrey Rushish type actor, who was, you know, one of the, one of the British uh, fishermen who were heading toward Dunkirk, um, and whoever the soldier was, was trying to head back, um, and, it, and it got me, it got me in the old fields. Yeah, it wasn't Jeffrey Rush. Um, and maybe it, the BFG, Mark maybe. Rylance, it was somebody like yeah. that, it was some... It was it's some, somebody who looked familiar, but I didn't. Toby Jones, what, like one know of those. his name off the top of my head. But Eddie Merzen, one of those. Yeah, yeah. I feel like somebody who maybe wasn't in a Potter movie because I feel like if they were, I would have oh, recognized them. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of them. Oh. Although now with Fantastic Beasts being a franchise, eventually they'll all get yeah, to get their say, Potter on. Like if you haven't been in Potter or Game of Thrones and you're and you're British, you're doing everything wrong. Right. No wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll take a break with that. And we're back? Yes. American Gods started, finally. I was super excited, but... Oh, there's a but. It's not. I kind of wish it had just come out binge format all at once. And here's why. Trying to watch this, like, day and date with the whole Amazon Prime thing, but then having to wait till Monday, and then sometimes I'm already doing something. Trying to watch it with Boyfriend. It's just... It's already Tuesday, and I haven't watched the third episode yet. (laughs) So... Yes, sorry, Siri. I just refer to boyfriend as boyfriend. Uh, I yeah. won't be answering that question. And yes, and my Siri is Australian. Yes, and Siri is apparently engaged right now and is actively participating. Maybe she should. I be turned her off. The third podcaster. It's because the the home button on the new iPhone is very sensitive. Yeah. So yeah, I I kind of wish it just came up binge format because trying to watch something on Monday nights like I just don't want to. Yeah, it's like it's. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, I have a very complicated approach to watching television. Um, there are some shows, I mean, in, you know, there's so many things that are on Sunday, but most of the Sunday shows I, I don't watch until later in the week. Um, some week, some midweek shows I wait until the weekend to watch. <coughs> Sorry, I'm coughing. I'm allergic to my own dog. Um, you know, there's a few shows like, for instance, Jane the Virgin, which I, I will watch the day of. But there's very few movies that I watch, or very few uh, television shows that I watch uh, the day of, and it's becoming increasingly difficult because I'll look at all the things I have to watch and I'll think, ugh, like I can't. It's Tuesday. I just, I, I can't. It's not yeah. a Tuesday show. Um, and you know, and as the stack and stack and stack gets bigger, I, like, I'm just like, okay, well, okay, now I have three episodes. Maybe I'm just gonna have to wait until a Sunday and binge them all. Um, so yeah, it's really it's difficult to watch television with any kind of rhythm when you're trying to get like the perfect optimal viewing conditions. It's really really hard. So end of. I did like it. I do like it. There's uh, some interesting things in the second episode. They took some pretty big swings. 
that could be other podcasters to listen to find it more problematic, but I feel like if you read Nancy Boys, you know that Neil Gaiman's already gone deep on something that, yes, with the 2017 eye on it, you could say it's more cultural appropriation mm-hmm. than like investigating another character or com- culture's myths or gods. Right. Oh, I mean, uh, so I assume then there's a, an African god or goddess. Um, I, re- I read an Nancy Boys, but it was a few years ago, so I don't really remember it much. It's um, it's Mr. Nancy. It's a Nazi. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's all like West, god. So it's yeah. like West African. Um, yeah. Uh, which, I mean, given what the nature of the show is, I mean, once again, I'll reserve judgment. Maybe I'll be offended or feel like uh, it's cultural appropriation when I see it. But on the face of it, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, I mean, I have less of a problem than I have with a lot of other things, but I think, again, it's because I read Nancy Boys first, and I knew that they were going to have a lot of Mr. Nancy in American Gods and not, like, wait for a spinoff. So I was less perturbed, possibly, than others, but also I don't feel like... I feel like what was done was a bit out there but mm-hmm. again that's sort of the way that character was even in the book i mean when you go back to issues of cultural appropriation it's not that people can't tell uh, well first of all you can never tell anybody else's story because it's not yours it doesn't matter what your cultural background is um but it's about like trying on someone's cultural like costume and like i mean the you know the thing about wearing like a native american headdress is like you can't put on the headdress without knowing all the suffering that went on under that dress. Yeah. Um, so if Neil Gaiman is, you know, thorough and studied and understands um, the stories that he's telling from a cultural standpoint, I don't have any problem with that. Like, I think he can he can tell the story if if he knows the story. Right. So, so yeah, we'll be, I'll be interested to revisit this with you after you see episode two. Yeah, like... Uh, uh, that yeah. would be the one. If you were going to have a problem with it, that yeah. would be the one, I'd say. Unless they do more than what happened in episode two. Yeah, no, that actually makes... Yeah. And it's not that I'm not watching the show deliberately. It's just that I watched maybe two-thirds of the first episode. Um, there was a lot to it. It was quite dense. Yeah. And um, I just... I didn't get back to it. And it's just... So it's it's sitting there. Actually, maybe maybe after this, I'll actually watch the... the end of the first it? Yeah. And, and, and second episodes. Um because, I mean, the show is visually arresting. But I did find it, there were a couple of sequences. I mean, the buffalo with the, with the flaming eyes. Yeah. I don't really need to see two scenes of that. So um, I would like the pace to be picked up a little bit. Yes. Um, but Ricky Whittle. Mm, Ricky Whittle is not... Is pleasing to my eyes. He's pleasing to my eyes, but he's not... And I, and I uh, watched him on... Uh, the hundred. Uh, he wasn't uh, a lead, but he was, you know, a fairly significant character. But he was like playing the sort of like, um, like the sort of gentle. Well, not really gentle. He was. He was definitely a warrior, but a man of not too many words. Um, and I don't think he's a particularly strong actor or the kind of actor I would hang a show on, especially when everyone else around him seems to be so dynamic. However. Um, however. Is this your however? Yeah, and I'm asking for however, because it's no, not terrible. No, however, I mean, this is based on my, um, you know, I haven't watched enough of the show, so maybe he will win me over. Um, but yeah, he, he definitely is, um, I mean, when he's soaking through his shirt in that first episode, I mean, yeah, I mean, 
I was like, man, how'd you switch that shirt so good? Um, but yeah, like, you know, once again, I've not finished watching it and maybe the show needs an anchor. Although, good okay. question, because if they sprayed him down from the outside, you wouldn't get that same effect of like sweating from the inside. So they wet him and then had yeah, him I put think the shirt probably, on? I think they probably wet his body and put some glycerin on. Yeah. And then made him wear that shirt. Yeah. And then he sprayed him down with a hose. And he wore that shirt. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I was saying, so he sweat through his shirt. Did he sweat through his pants? And that's not like a euphemism well, for anything. Were, they were dark pants, yeah. though. But, but yeah, you would but expect there was to see so much some sweat. You'd expect like, to see some patches. W- like some wicking into the yeah. pants material. But anyway, yeah, so um, I will, I, will, I mean, I will definitely watch the show. And maybe, maybe I'll have the same issues that I had with, with Legion, a show that was visually stunning. And the moment I stopped trying to figure out what Legion was or what it was, where it was going is the moment that I started to enjoy it just for what it was. And I think that I also took breaks with Legion, so then I watched them sort of two at a time. Yeah, so did I, yeah. So maybe that's what I'll have to do with this one. But, yeah, and there's also some, there's some penis work in episode two as well. I know, uh, whose penis? There's a couple. Well, I mean, Ricky Riddle has done some penis work of his own on the internet. Yeah. If you go to, oh, oh my God, he's naked. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. It was it was the male fappening for a while. Uh, all kinds of C-list male celebs uh, were either leaking or had their pictures leaked. But yeah, Ricky Whittle was was one of them. Oh well, unless he's released it himself or is part of a past in some sort yeah, of adult he, industry, I, I don't think I could no, look he at those pictures and, and enjoy them without so well i mean that's very high-minded of you yeah i looked at them i enjoyed them and i felt no guilt so there there's some penis work not ricky whittles in uh episode two uh it's it's not that sort of blink and you miss it it's okay full-on full-on phallus if you will well that's you know that's um i'm very okay with that it's i mean um given the vagina work in the first episode yeah i mean oh yeah that's only fair is fair i mean yeah. we didn't see it but we didn't need it. We, we knew it was ha- i mean i've never seen oh right that yes. level of i said her vagina is the second place yeah like i've never yeah. seen that level of vagina work um and so yeah that's you know fair is fair yeah yeah it was uh, and where my mind always goes because it's it's a you see a couple of penises, I believe, but one's definitely like a disembodied penis, kind of a dick pic sitch. Okay. And I'm just wondering about the casting for that. Like, do they just go on the internet? Do they actually get a specific penis so they have permission to use it? Uh, I, I'm assuming you would have to do yeah, that. I mean, I, I think, I mean, it would um, be... Are there, are there targets about size and girth? I would assume that they get people from the adult industry. They do that a yeah. lot when they have, like, just back when they need background performers who are very okay with being naked on camera. So is there, like, a giddy images for penises? I don't know. I mean, I've never... You know, I'm going to go with no, just because there are probably, like, issues around usage, and <laughs> and that's not Getty's thing. So, yeah. yeah I, well, it, it probably isn't Getty. They yeah. probably don't have, like, a... Yeah. Adult like, version of Getty. Yeah, but I'm, but I can. I would always guarantee that the, that they just cast around in the adult uh, film industry because they don't have to worry about anyone who has like sort of like, you know, who, who's reticent about doing it. So why like? And first of all, so you're not going to break out into the like. That's not going to be the shot that makes you a star. So why not just get like, you know, a a male performer from the industry? Yeah, or a Westworld extra. 
Yeah, I mean, but that, but those yeah. were those people were from the adult um, film industry. That's where they put out their casting call. Right. I mean, that whole orgy scene was like so dull anyway. It was world. Yeah. So, penises and American gods, lots of them. I'm assuming since we've already seen a couple. And yeah, like only they keep them two. coming. Uh, uh, that's not what I meant. But uh, I think we got to stop right there, and we're going to finish up with some Netflix. I managed to plow through all of Master of None last weekend. Season two. Yeah. It was... Did you love the first season? I didn't love the first season, but much like the first season, this had a couple episodes that were really, really good. Right. It was a really good Thanksgiving episode in season two, just like how the episode with the parents in season one was really good. Yeah, see, and I am uh, am in the minority. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, I didn't really... I didn't love Master of None, and I thought that the episode with the parents was... That was one of my least favorite episodes, but I know that people really, really loved it. Which is fair, but I mean... I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the Thanksgiving episode then when you get there, because I feel like that's one that a lot of people were talking about. Compared to? Yeah. Well, it's similar but different, but it definitely is like more of a bottle episode. There's a couple of bottle episodes. There's another one that's about sort of regular New Yorkers that features... Oh, they're working their jobs? Yeah. And is the bottle episode, is this one uh, with his friend and not him? Uh, he's in it too, but it mostly focuses on Denise. And Denise is the black lesbian guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I uh, I have heard about that episode. Um, like those two episodes are the ones that people are um, uh, sort of saying stand out um, amongst the others. Um, so, yeah, I mean, once again... It really starts off, though, like this is Aziz Ansari's trip to Italy. Yes, I hear the first episodes in black and white. I guess I really don't need to watch it. I know so much about it. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's... Uh, because at the end of the first season, he was going to Italy to pursue um, his girlfriend, right? Uh, but they broke up right before he left, but he still went anyway. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and this is like a black and white Fellini film-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's Hello, a, right? it's, it's very Louis C.K. Very. Which, But it's like this is his excuse to like eat awesome stuff. Yeah, which he loves. Yeah. But is like it, the whole season, there's yeah, a lot of food porn. A lot of food porn, but the, especially the first two, three episodes, very much. Well, I've eaten Italian food in Italy, and I would shoot a black and white movie. This nobody cares, but I would shoot a black and white film about it. Yeah, yeah. He managed to get people to care and Netflix to pay for it. So, so does it feel? Does it feel derivative? I mean, did you watch Louis? No, I could never really get into Louis. Yeah, uh, he seemed too sweaty and uncomfortable. Well, and he was, and that was sort of his thing. Um, but so I'm sort of curious uh, to see. I mean, there is like a very thin line between, you know, a you know a smart comedian um, having you know French New Wave uh, or Italian neorealist um, influences, and turning that into a comedy, like. And Louis, for some reason, managed to walk a tightrope and have it not seem precious or pretentious. But having somebody else do it, it to me, seems like you're, I mean, it's, first of all, you're just immediately inviting that comparison. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then I think of the show Baskets, which was fantastic. That was the one with uh, Zach Galifianakis, and he played um, an American who went to France to study to become a clown. Um, and he was a very depressive character and that could have really I, mean, I think the baskets is a brilliant show um but that could have very easily you know veered off too so i'm wondering um whether or not i think that aziz and sorry 
um, if, if he can if he can pull it off. Because that was sort of my problem with the first season. I there were times when I thought, can't this just be funny? Um, so I'm sort of curious to see where he goes in the second season. Yeah, there's definitely moments where it's not funny, where it's uncomfortable, and it's more of like a study of a life. Kind of thing, but right. then there are funny moments. But right. definitely the last two episodes, there's not a lot of yucks. Okay, yeah. So right. the first half of the season in general were where it's more of the up and dancey. Um, his friend Arnold, the tall man, oh, yeah, is yeah. Uh, he adds always some necessary levity to yeah. it. Uh, any of his uh, other dating adventures are usually at least mildly amusing. Uh, his his work sort of B story. Right. In the first half of the season, it's funny. In and the then it second, takes a turn, doesn't it, it? Yeah, it takes a turn. So, but uh, the way the season was ending, where he has like a lot of he's taking a lot of hits mm-hmm. again. In yeah. my current emotional state, perhaps I am not in the best place to watch that right now. So it. Especially the work stuff hit me a little harder than right. it did in the first season when he was sort of struggling. struggling. Yeah. yeah, but actually, in, in even in the first season, it was really more about the emphasis is really more on his romance than his um, than his career. Yeah, we sort of had like you know a couple of episodes that dealt with you know the one about you know you can't have like you would never have like three Indian guys in the same scene, even yeah. though three Indian guys were in the same scene. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, but now with the focus off the romance, I guess it's more of a reflection of like this guy in his early thirties trying to figure out his life, not yeah. in a romantic, not in a, in a romantic uh, way. Exactly. And actually, just to pivot off that, so I mean, there is this. Um, you, know, you have Louis C.K., you have Zach Galifianakis, you have um, Aziz Ansari, and then uh, last year there was, and I don't know if it got renewed, and please, I, I hope it didn't, because I love Tig Notaro, but uh, she had a show on. I'm not sure what network it was or, or what streaming service it was, called One Mississippi. And if you know Tig Notaro's story. Yeah. Uh, so that is what it's about. It's like one of the most depressing things I've ever seen. And Tig Notaro is a real sad sack. Yeah. But it's funny because when she's telling jokes and she has like, you know, she can really, like she's the master of the uh, of the callback. Yeah. Um, but the show is just her going to Mississippi after her mother has died, I believe. Jeez. And she has, you know, she's, um, she's, uh, she's already had all the diseases that she's, that she's had in real life, but it is a real, I don't know. It's a real downer. Um, and that's like one of those shows where they go too far. You, and you also have like a deadpan actress playing, like no longer playing comedy. Yeah. Which is it just doesn't work. Playing somebody who's funny for their work, but their real life is is, pretty, is tragic. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, whereas you have like Maria Bamford on Miss Dynamite, and you know Maria Bamford, who I, and she actually just has a that's what I saw. She has a network um, and a Netflix special where so she had a special before called the Special Special Special. I'm not saying I'm slurring, um, and we aren't even drinking. I know I'm sober, um, and they conceded that. Uh, special is that she performs it in her parents' living room just for her parents, <laughs> and it's really funny. And she makes jokes about her parents. Um, but Maria Bamford has a history of mental illness. Uh, she is bipolar too. She's tried to commit suicide. She still struggles with mental illness, but she's so and she's so weird and zany. Um, and she had a show called Miss Dynamite, 
which, uh, you know, part of that show was flashbacks to her time in a mental health facility. Um, but because she is just this really charming, um, zany personality, it wasn't depressing. It was funny, even though they were dealing with some really serious subject matter. And I guess that's like the difference because she and Tignotar are completely different personas. That one works and the other one doesn't. Hmm. At least in terms of like a comedy that you actually want to watch. Because I watched One Mississippi and it was depressing to me. It was just like, it was really depressing. And I don't think they thought it was going to be. Yeah. But, you know, that's kind of like when, 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 so the next, when comedians like, dare to. The next like comedian they give a show for this would be good if maybe their whole vibe was a bit more upbeat, slightly. Yeah, cause, and I think that's why Zach Galifianakis can pull it off, because as far as we know, he's, I mean, well, all comedians apparently are depressives, but... They're all sad clowns. But uh, he, because he doesn't bring that kind of pathos with him, it's... Mixed, except for actually playing a sad clown. Ex- except for literally playing. But he also plays his twin brother, uh, Dale, who is the uh, the president of a community college, Baskets Community College. Um, but it, it, it works, because it's not... Because it's not as though... Um, you know, Zach Galifianakis has a public depressing life. Right. Anyway, that's all. So, Wonder Woman's coming up soon. Yeah. I am excited. I'm hopeful. I'm not going to, I'm not excited. I am, I'm hopeful that the most recent trailer looks good. Yeah. Um, there's some nice slow-mo work there. Yes. Um, I'm hoping we actually spend, this is the first time we actually want a little more origin story. I want more time on Themyscira with like yeah. Robin Wright and the other uh, Connie you know. Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want more of that than what the other trailers maybe led us to believe would get of that. But the only problem with that, and I mean, I don't know how much of Gal Gadot uh, we get as an adult on Themyscira. So that's because I'd like to see those three actresses, but. You know, the nature of it being an origin story is that she's going to be a little kid for part of the movie, so yeah. you don't get to see her on screen. Um, but, I mean, you know, I assume there's, like, a, the scene where she, as a, as a young woman, leaves her, you know, her older mother and aunt, but I kind of wish that those three could share some more screen time. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's the next one, which, even though it's DC, because it's Wonder Woman. They can't, um, all DC movies can't be shit. Like, there has to be one that's good, Right. That's not a Nolan Batman. I mean, I have thoughts on Nolan Batmans too. Um, I don't. Was there one? Uh, okay, I like the one with uh, the Dark Knight Rises. We cannot even categorize the Nolan Batmans as they're they're so apart from a Man of Steel they're or a Suicide they're Squad they're or whatever. Man of Steel, but I mean, um, the the last um, what was it called? The Dark. I don't There's care. almost no shared DNA at all yeah. in those. But even so, they were. And I think, but unfortunately, Christopher Nolan is responsible for this dark, like for this lack of light in DC movies. And, you know, Zack Snyder's just doubled down yeah, on it. Yeah, but that's their fault. No, he's, it's DC's fault. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. he's doing Batman. Yeah. Batman is yeah. literally called the Dark Knight. Yeah, well, yeah. He was doing what was right for that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that character's origin story and Gotham and everything else. Like, they didn't have to double down on that. No, no, no. Yeah. My Kansas farm boy, it should have been a hell of a lot sunnier. But whatevs. Yeah. That's cool. Henry Cavill. I'm already angry and I haven't even seen it yet. That's that's disturbing. What? what scene what? Wonder uh, Woman. Wonder Woman? Yeah. Because yeah, no, it, it does look very gray. Really and, uh, yeah, yeah the, the color palette. And even, yeah. like, the, the Justice League, like, they've drained the entire color palette from that movie. There's already, like, talk about reshoots and 
it's you know it's it's gonna be a mess. It, like it just is. But we'll see. Yeah, and I feel like Affleck was going through it during that time. Well, I mean, although maybe that fits for the sort of grizzled old Dark Knight version of Batman he's supposed to be playing, but still, I suppose. I mean, he sucks. Yeah, as Batman. I mean, I don't like Ben Affleck in general, but as he was a very unmemorable Batman. I mean, he was okay in Gone Girl. Yeah, he was because he was playing um, what we imagine that Ben Affleck is like a philanderer who's kind of like a. He's just, he's kind of like a, he's kind of pathetic. Like you can imagine Ben Affleck making the same kinds of missteps that, uh, that the character in Gone Girl made. And whatever woman in his life. Yeah. Continuing to outsmart him every step yeah. of the way. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, so I, I thought that was great casting, but you know, as, I don't know what actor we have who I would like to see in the cowl anymore. Yeah. Hunnam. Hunnam? Well, why not? Well. Hunnam and Cavill? We got to give... To gotta give Batman a chance. Yeah, well, I, yeah. There's, but there's almost no one who I'd want to be uh, to be saddled with that role. Really, that's true. You, you know, and and you know, unless we give the actor like stop with the low growling, like stop with all of that, like stop with all of the Nolanisms and reinvent the Batman. Like, can we not add a voice modulator to the suit for once? Just like yeah, yeah. I mean, it basically isn't a... Just make it sound like the voice on the phone and screen. Yeah, like, in, uh, I mean, I like what they did on the TV show Arrow, so, because um, uh, Oliver, and he, Oliver Queen used a voice modulator mm-hmm. and a hood that let in no light. Yeah. Um, but that worked. Um, and, you know, he spoke in his normal voice, it's just that he didn't sound like him. And he wasn't like, pain, I mean, he's a pain, I mean, basically it's the same thing. He's like, he's a rich... Um, scion who's you know who suffered immensely who goes out at night and you know um, um, enforces justice but yeah like that take is a it's a little bit easier for me to like I get the 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 pathos of an Oliver Queen whereas like they've doubled down so much on how dark um, Bruce Wayne is that they make him seem like he's mentally ill all I know is even talking about DC is harshing my non-existent buzz. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we should wrap Stick it up. Stick a pin in that. Yeah, and uh, next week, or actually two weeks from now, because I'll be away going to oh, sorry, DC. Going to DC? Yeah, DC. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. BC. Yeah. So we'll record, BC. and around I'd say by the early June, we should have some more idea about the other regular prices for the TIFF packages. If you weren't participating in the early bird, I hesitate to use the term special because it's still pricey AF. Uh, and we'll also hopefully see uh, maybe the start of early press releases. I feel like because they're so thirsty for cash this year, they might start to release stuff early. I'm also very curious to see if they're adding any new full-time programmers or if just somebody's going to slide into Colin's spot or if he's even maybe going to do some guest programming for mm. Midnight Madness because I feel like they wouldn't want to lose that program when they're cutting down so much other stuff that maybe didn't make money, but Midnight Madness tended to yeah. sell out the Ryerson, so Yeah, like I Midnight feel Madness like, is one of their flagship... Um, yeah. I mean, no one cares about wavelengths So I'm very, nonsense, but, I'm yeah. very curious about all of these happenings and when they get announced, so hopefully we'll have at least some more news uh, from TIFF before the next time we record. That's weird. Maybe it's just a, a function of the weather, but it does not seem like... like no. TIFF is not on my mind at all. Although I was on a patio yesterday. Uh, and, uh, I mean, tomorrow's going to be 
it was, you know, it was okay. It was okay today. Tomorrow's going to be brilliant. Allegedly. Yeah. That's why I got my toes done today. Yeah. So I can get, get so, my summer color on. So 27 degrees and, and sun tomorrow. So climate change. We'll see. Let's get it. All right. So we'll hear you soon. We'll hear you soon. You'll hear us soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wait, I forgot to woke or not woke the other things. So master of none, definitely woke, Mm -hmm. woke, woke, woke. Uh, I would say that, uh, King Arthur, unfortunately not woke. Sound asleep. Uh, American gods possibly trying too hard to be woke, but I'll I'll give it, I'll give it uh, a quarter woke. How about waking? I'll give it, I'll give it 50 woke actually, 50% woke because of, uh, some of the things it says, the question is, How is it all it? white people behind the camera saying it? Except yeah. for Orlando Jones and Ricky Will on screen. Which at least there's yeah. an and yeah. in that phrase. But still, problematic if there's no one behind the camera. If there was ever an episode for American Gods to get directed by Barry Jenkins, it was definitely number, <laughs> it was definitely number two. Okay, so, now let's, so I'm definitely going to yeah. watch this t- yeah. tonight then. Yeah, okay. So yeah, we'll... Uh, We'll be back with more stuff that we'll hopefully be able to rank as woke or not woke as well, including Wonder Woman, which, just based on the trailers, I'm going to give it a hard not woke. Oh, I mean, I can't. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. Yeah. And but, but we'll see what happens. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Later. Later.